Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lead and Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you as a coach, how you as a manager, how you as a leader, you can improve your results, you can improve your achievements, and you can actually improve how satisfying life is by where you focus your time. And this topic, if you like, has been inspired by looking at a quadrant and it was a quadrant that explained very simply about where we spend our time in our lives doing whatever it is we need to do and how that impacts not only upon our success and our achievements but on our happiness and our well-being and once again my two great friends and I will admit that they're digital friends they're people that I interact with via the content that they create that they create uh, a wonderful guy called Ryan Holiday and another gentleman called Brian Johnson and again I implore you to have a look at the work those two guys do and um, they're, they're phenomenal creators They are people who embody what it is, I honestly believe, is a major success, is a major factor in the success in life. And that is doing what it is that you were kind of meant to do. And it's so obvious to me that those these two people are doing what it is that they're meant to do by the quality and the amount of of material and content and wisdom that they share. So check them out. And um, I will pay full and due respect to them for inspiring these thought processes in, in myself, which I'm really keen to share with you as a coach, because you can pass this on to your players. And if we're just looking into in football terms, coming up on the podcast is a real, real good interview with a guy called Rich Carter. Rich Carter has extensive experience as a football coach with a Premier League club. He's got international experience and he's highly esteemed by young players. And we, he kindly agreed to do an interview. We did an interview and one of the things we talked about, and I think it might have even been pre the interview, so we touched on it during the interview. One of the things we talked about was how as coaches, it's really easy. Maybe you can put yourself into this situation. You're standing on the touchline. You're watching your players And you might do this as a swimming coach. You might do it as an athletics coach. You might do it as a leader. You might do it as a manager. So it doesn't have to be on the touchline of a football ground or a football pitch or an astroturf. But that's where this conversation came from. But you look at the people that you're helping, the people you're leading, the people you're inspiring, and how easy it is, and how many of you recognize this, that how easy it is to focus on what it is they can't do. And even as established coaches, 
as people who are aiming to inspire people and spend lots of time working with young people to get them to the the zenith of their ability. We, and I certainly do this, we find ourselves looking at what it is they can't do instead of what it is they can do and working on the things that they're good at and showing them the way that they can get better at what it is they're already good at. I mean, last night, uh, I just managed to see the the England football team, they defeated Czechoslovakia 3-0 and Raheem Sterling scored three goals. Now, imagine if the coach or the coaches that had looked after Raheem and, you know, I certainly remember Raheem when he was a 14, 15 and 16 year old because I was privileged to work with him. But imagine if the coaches that had worked with Raheem Sterling had said to him, look, Raheem, you know, you're, you're tracking back, you're tackling, your defensive cover isn't as good as it should be. And we really need to focus on that. And imagine if that had continued. Do you think that Raheem Sterling would be the prolific player he's been and is, you know, for his country, for Liverpool, for Manchester City, etc.? It's probably, it's highly unlikely that that would be the case. So that kind of highlights that actually we can do a lot of good by focusing on what people are good at. And that's where this link to this quadrant came in. Because in this quadrant, this Brian Johnson just wrote out a quadrant. So it's a square divided into four. All right, so it's what dead simple, a square divided into four small squares. One, one occupying each quarter of the square. Number one, top left. They're the things you're not great at. They're the things that actually you either realize or you don't realize that you're pretty incompetent at. That might be something like, it could be absolutely anything it could, because it depends on what niche area of life. It might be using a spreadsheet, okay? Or it could be a technical skill in your sport or it could be an activity that's a key thing in your business, in your business model, in your employment model. The top right as you look at it, the next square inside the big square, that might be what you're okay at. You kind of tick the box. You've got the basics down and you've got a competency level that would allow you to tick the box. It's what you're okay at. It's probably not what you're great at. Then the bottom left is what you're excellent at. So the bottom left is a square that represents what you are absolutely excellent at. It's probably what you enjoy doing to a great degree. It's probably where you get lost in your mind and you can spend time doing it. You've probably done it for a while and you have an element of mastery at it. And it's what makes you feel pretty good. And the bottom right, Brian Johnson's created the bottom right square and this is the square that is absolutely and totally and uniquely you. So it's slightly different from the square next to it, where the one that you're a master at. This is the one that's absolutely and totally uniquely you. It's got your slant on it. It's got your signature mark. It has your smell about it, if you like. And it's something that probably, probably 
no other human being on the planet can do exactly the same way because you are unique. And it may also be a synergistic thing whereby you combine with something or somebody else in a certain environment that creates something that's totally and utterly different. It may only be slightly different, but it's your signature. And what Brian Johnson was saying is that if we want to find our genius, if we want to find that thing that separates us from and, and makes us feel good, then we need to, to, to know what it is that certainly operates in those bottom two squares, the one that you master at, the one that you're excellent at, and the one that's absolutely uniquely you. And we need to make a conscious decision and a conscious effort to focus where we spend our time. And we also need and are recommended to, to look at how we focus other people's time, the people under our care, the people under our jurisdiction, the people in our in our teams, the one we the ones we want to improve and we want to help get better and facilitate them getting to where they want to be. And it can often be just a change of mindset. And it's a real good thought process to go through because if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, and I have to hold my hands up this week, and I, I felt a couple of days ago really, really, really overwhelmed to the point that I thought, you know what, I, I don't really think I can go out of the house today. I felt so, so frustrated and almost to the point of being tearful that I felt overwhelmed. And that I knew it was me. I knew it was my own mindset. I knew it was not anybody else's fault. It was completely me and in my control to do something about and part of that was when I have I had the benefit of, of, of a little bit of hindsight and, and a couple of days to, to kind of reflect was that I was spending so much time doing things that A, I'm not great at, B, don't make me comfortable and C, I'd be far better off just allowing them to be and spending my time doing the things that uh, fulfill me and I'm actually good at and uh, are, are where I actually want to spend my time. So it's, it's a real key thing to, to understand. And it goes back to that, above all else, to thine own self be true. Know thyself. Because if you don't know yourself, then you, you, you constantly may be in the wrong arena. And, you know, again, I read something by Ryan Holiday this week who said, who, who mentioned to us that, you know, he talks about this all the time. So much that he, he's got a coin. He's had a coin minted. And on the coin, there's a motto, which is memento mori, which is, you know, remember that we're all going to die. Remember that we've all got a certain period of time and the clock is ticking from the minute we're born. And it's all about utilizing that time. And the more time we spend doing the things that don't make us happy, the more time we spend doing the things that don't are not fruitful for us, the less time we will have doing the things that help us to get to where we want to be and actually above and beyond that make us happy because you know as dr peter said in in the chimp paradox happy players are good players happy snooker players are great snooker players miserable unhappy athletes are not successful athletes so it is about getting back beyond the sport that you're doing beyond the business that you're doing beyond the things that you do every day to what it is that actually makes you tick. And if it's not the thing you're doing, 
it's really, really worthwhile taking baby steps towards making the thing that you want to do happen. So I'm not suggesting that you suddenly drop everything and walk out and go and do something else unless that's what you think is, is the best thing to do. But this is about thought processes. And it does relate to how we focus on the people we care for and the, our athletes and, and the people we work with in our, in our teams. Because imagine you've got a team of people and in that team of people, you've got five members. And every one of those five members of that team is absolutely brilliant at one thing. So much so that they're one of the best people in the area, if not the country, at doing that particular thing. And hopefully it dovetails with something that is in your business, in your team, in your organization that can be, you know, a great contribution. Imagine if you can facilitate them being so good at that thing that they just do it automatically. They spend all the time they need to. They do overtime and they just do it. And number one, they'll be really happy. Number two, they'll give you excellent value. And number three, they'll never, ever leave you because you're the one who allows them to be the person that they want to be. It's a phenomenal concept. And I think it, it's one of those things that if we spent more time doing it and, and, and allowing it instead of trying to impose things on ourselves and other people and be willing, if it's a business setting you're in, or, or, or even an organizational thing, be willing to outsource the things that you're not good at. That's a massive lesson for me, outsourcing. In fact, I've talked to, spoken to a lady this week about outsourcing some other things. Actually, I don't really want to do. And guess what? It's a double-edged win. Why? Because you get rid of the things you don't want to do. That frees up your time for you to choose what you do with it. And you could then possibly reinvest that time into the things that you want to do. And the things that you want to do actually will make you better at those things. So it's kind of a, an infinite return, if you like. It's the old, you know, um, two plus two equals seven. So it's well worth thinking about and giving some consideration to. Because as Ryan Holiday says, we often we often chase false idols. How many of you can, can relate to this where you've, you've really worked hard at something, you've really done this, you've really done that, you've gone out, you've chased, you've harried, you've hassled, you've worked hard, you've studied, you've stayed up late, you've paid money, lots of it probably, spend loads of time doing something and you get to the end of it, it's achieved, it's boxed off, it's ticked. You look back and you think, I'm not sure I feel any better for that. I'm not really sure I feel satisfied with that. If you can relate to that, I think that is a, a resonance with that, that, you, that we are chasing something that actually isn't the thing that, that, that we should be chasing. So I, I fully understand and fully believe that we should all be have goals because goals are, we are goal achieving mechanisms as human beings. And, and those are the things that make us, make us satisfied. But at the same time, we need to live and we need to be and if we're doing the things in the majority of our life, which, which we enjoy, whether that's looking after a family or, or, or it's nurturing people or, or, it's, or it's, you know, going out and creating a billion dollar business or it's creating the greatest team that's ever graced a basketball court, then it doesn't matter what it is. The thing that, that we are focused on isn't the thing. It's about the thought process behind it. And I think it's really, really, really important. And at the same time, the other quadrant that came to mind, as well as this quadrant about where we spend our time, and I think this is a real good 
a, a good marriage, if you like, of, of two thought processes because they are slightly different, but they work together. Stephen, Stephen Covey's famous quadrant, quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, and quadrant four. And if you, if you need a little bit of reminder, like I often do about Stephen Covey's work, go and have a quick look at Stephen Covey's quadrant. Quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, and quadrant four, the urgent and important. You know, it's the where we spend our time. And he talks about the quadrant two activity of important activities, but they're not urgent. So they are things like eating well, sleeping enough, exercising, taking care of your equipment, doing some essential maintenance, if you like. Okay, they're important because if you don't do them, there will be consequences, but actually they're not urgent. So you've got, it's not like if you don't do this in the next 20 minutes, there will be a disaster. And he says we need to spend our time on those fundamentals. Brian Johnson calls them fundamentals. Stephen Covey calls them quadrant two activities. And if we get the balance right, and we can marry those two things, and we can spend our time making sure we do those fundamentals in that quadrant two so our life ticks over so our equipment works so we get from a to b so our family relationships are in order so that our work life is in order so our payments come in so we've done all that administration and we've got it outsourced so it's done it's a quadrant two activity so we've eaten well we've slept well so we can actually go out and engage with the world and, and address what we need to do in the best possible state, in the best health, and then spend our time, that time that we've created, with us being in that tip-top position and, and condition, by our attention to those quadrant two activities, we can then focus on that, the quadrant four in Brian Johnson's quadrant of the things that make us completely different and unique then I think that's a marriage made in heaven. I think that's an amazing way of conceptualizing how to live a great life. All good in theory and uh, probably a lot more challenging to do in practice. But everything starts with a thought process. So maybe that's something that we can, we can all look at. And that's all I wanted to talk about this week. So it's a little bit of a short one. It's just a reminder that we can easily, easily, easily spend our time, which is all we've got at the end of the day, because as a second goes, it drips through our hands, it's gone. We can lose a million pounds, a million dollars, a million rand. We can earn it back, we can win it back, we can get it back. And we often have that the wrong way, and it's linked to that. You know, tempest fugit, time flies, momentum mori, remember that we're all here temporarily so how we spend our time so the question i want to leave you with this week on the leader manager coach podcast because this is about you being the best leader you can be the best manager and the best coach and the best way of doing that is by setting examples because if it's right in our life you know what you say what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say. If we're doing it, we're doing the fundamentals, we're doing it right, we're setting the example. It's amazing how the people that we influence 
just take it on board so easily. So my question to you this week on the Leader Manager Coach podcast is, how are you spending your time? And I'll leave that with you. Always great to have you along. Appreciate your time. Spread the word. Leader Manager Coach podcast. Let me know what you think. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Let me know www.robrowse.co.uk and I'll catch you again. Bye-bye.